All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome back to the Daily Face Off podcast. It's been six Woo! months since our last recording, but uh, we're back. As always, I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me live in studio? Probably not a studio. We'll call it a studio. We'll call it a studio. It's anyway. studio. We got Dill D. Bertie. How's it going, D? Couldn't be better right now, Brock. Just pure adrenaline. <laughs> and Michael Beams, how's it going, bud? Also, just doing phenomenal. Hockey season's back, football's back. No complaints from my end. I'm basically ready to become a potato and just watch sports uh, for the next little bit. So. <laughs> it's pretty much like the biggest day in sports history. I mean, the, the Daily yeah. Faceout podcast returns first yep. and foremost. That's the headline. And, yeah, of course. And then the NFL season's back, which is, you know, whatever. That's, That's it. two big things, yeah. yeah People huge. are putting them yeah, right next to each other. It, essentially, as far as, yes. Yeah. As far as importance goes, yeah, DFL right podcast there. returning is for sure right Bigger there. than football. Yes. And oh, yeah. In Canada, at least. Football. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, believe that. But, uh, boys, it's been six months. I'm sure the people want to hear us talk about a little bit of hockey, so why don't we just jump right into it? Get um, into it! What we're doing today, pretty much, is just going over all the shit that we haven't been talking about yep. for the last six months. Uh, it's been quite a busy summer across the NHL in terms of 
uh, trades Love and it. signings. Love D, it. I'm sure there's a couple signings you want to talk about. Uh, maybe maybe one in particular. Maybe one. But we'll get That's to that one. later. Uh, let's you know everybody loves a good trade, so let's just Tyler break Andrew. down. <laughs> let's break down some of the trades from this summer. Uh, basically, talk about how they are going to affect this upcoming fantasy season, and uh, we'll move on from there. We're going to talk about the signings. Uh, then we're going to go through. Our top uh, 24. World premiere. Yes. The top 24. Yes. Right? They haven't hit the website yet. Yeah. Yeah. The DFO top 24 rankings for this year. Uh, talk about basically our, our favorite players in the first two rounds. Yeah. And then we're going to break down basically guys just outside uh, the top 24 that we believe yeah. you know could play themselves into the top 24. And uh, and you know even guys that are dropping out of the top 12 that could definitely work yeah. themselves into first round picks. Me and so, Brock uh, slaved over the top 300. It took about three hours and six beers. <laughs> yes. Quite a mass, quite a few of uh, the OVs and Bud Lights were flowing, but it was uh, it was real. Yeah, the uh, there was some some guys that got stuck at the bottom for personal vendettas, but uh, still <laughs> worthwhile picks. Who was two ninety nine? As long as uh, we had Bobby Ryan, I think at two ninety nine, and maybe Milan Lucic. They were two ninety nine and three. Yeah. As long as Hosa didn't make that list, then I'm no, good. yeah, Hosa is not man off. No, yeah, Hosa. I don't explain hockey anymore, but uh, him and Zetterberg, I guess. Well, Zach Hyman was our biggest omission, right? Yes, Zach Hyman and Tom Wilson. And I, I said it too. I was like, "Do you want to put Hyman on there?" No, I looked across the uh, fantasy history, and everybody is quite high on Tom Wilson. I'm like, guy had like a career high 30 points last year. (laughs) I'm not sure just because he's playing with Ovechkin, he's all of a sudden become a 60 point. He did that last year. He did sign his goalscoring contract. So you know, when you sign a five million dollar contract, you have to. Yeah, I mean, like, look at David Clarkson. I mean. worked out perfectly there so um tom wilson's probably one of the same at this point but boys let's talk about some trades uh probably the big you know there's a lot of big ones but this is probably the biggest one from this summer yeah uh dougie hamilton and michael furland were dealt from calgary to carolina for noah hannafin and elias lindholm uh adam fox went back one way but who cares about an adam fox uh mostly dougie hamilton noah hannafin obviously the headliners of this trade and then Furland and Lindholm, two wingers going each way. So, D, we'll start with you. Furland's um, the first liner. Yeah. yeah. So was so Tom Wilson, though. So, <laughs> True. Um, what do you think? Who's the winner of this trade? How does it affect the fantasy landscape heading into this 2019 season? I mean, I know you like Lindholm. For me, I think Dougie's, like, bar none, the best player in this trade. Sure. So, I love it for Carolina. Um, you know, Hannafin was obviously, you know, I think he's going to be a solid top four D kind of moving forward. But I just don't think he has uh, or he'll have the offensive output that Dougie brings to the table. Um, I like the pairing there with Slavin, if that's the way they go. Yeah. A lot of people high on Jakob Slavin this year. Yeah, him and Falk were good last year too. Pessy's good. Like, they're so deep now, that yeah. whole blue line. Like, yeah. I didn't Dougie to that. Th- like, I mean, yeah. Hannafin was great last year, but he played some of the most sheltered minutes in all of hockey. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, you can. You, obviously, that's not what Dougie's going to do. Dougie's going to go out there and play the big minutes. And, and that blue line is, is gross. But... Uh, Beebs, what do you think about it? I was going to say, one big thing, too, is that it, they kind of switched the hands of their of their defensemen on that one. Dougie comes in as a right-hand, and, and they, have, they have a very stacked left-handed side over there. So, with as you mentioned, Slavin, I think Flurry's out there. Um, one more absolute Brett stud. Pesci. Yeah, that's it. And so their their top seven is is pretty unreal. I was actually looking at, looking at it today. It was blowing my mind that this is one of the best defense seemingly pairs in the league. They got Justin Falk playing their sixth spot. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. Um, for me, I put Carolina also winning the trade, and it's crazy because I had this in my notes. He said Fox didn't matter. I put that that's kind of what pushed it over the top for Carolina because it was like pretty even. Carolina kind of had it, but Fox was a former first round pick. Yeah, um, so they kind of just snuck him. Still not signed though. Still yeah, not signed. But like, I, to his entry level, 
He just like yeah, he just never signed after being drafted, yeah. and so it was just basically it's his rights. Yeah, he's still like it's still not guaranteed to sign there either. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, We'll see what happens there. But, I, I think the real winner of this trade is going to be determined down the road. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on how Hannafin develops. I mean, yeah. Hannafin was obviously a very highly touted prospect coming down to the draft as well. Um, in terms of Lindholm, you know, obviously he's been a bit disappointed since being drafted number five overall. But again, he's only 23 years old. He seems like he's older because he's been around for like five years already. That's crazy. Um, but it's crazy to look at. His career on-ice shooting percentage is 6.6. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that suggests that there should be some better days ahead. Uh, I think he's coming off a career year, you know, right around 40 points. Uh, but if, like, 6.6 career on-ice shooting percentage is just ridiculous. Uh, so, you know, maybe there is some untapped potential here for Calgary to, you know, tap, I suppose. Yeah, and whether or it, not I he mean, plays with Monaghan and Gaudreau remains to be seen. It could be James Neal taking Furland's spot. Obviously, it could fluctuate for the first little bit as, you know, the two new pieces on the right side. But it, they have more upside, I think, Calgary gets with Hannafin and Lindholm. But we yeah. already know what Hamilton is. Dougie is, is an absolute boss. Yeah. And, you and know, one of the best. strictly role player out there, which is going to be good. Yeah, and, but he'll probably still fill a top six role yeah. there, and he'll probably be fine. But anything else to add on, D? No, I was just going to talk about the on-ice shooting percentage and that it probably... Uh, says as much about who Lindholm has been playing with as much as anything else, right? Um, yeah, he he was he saw some top six minutes last year, but most of the time he was kind of stuck on the on the third line. Yeah, and that whole team there. shot low last year. Like they were they were all oh well, yeah, best, to a degree. Yeah. <laughs> best course in the league, but then yeah. just couldn't win games, couldn't score goals. Yeah, yeah. well the goaltending didn't help. Oh my god, we I got a I got a stat on the Carolina goaltending later in the show that's gonna absolutely blow your mind. It's amazing. I can't believe that Darling just getting the nod there. Yeah, but I mean, just wait. Have you seen that pic he posted against Baker Mayfield? He posted one just like it with like his dog. Basically, oh, yeah. you know, Baker had that tiger one. So yeah, it's like a boss pick. <laughs> After that, I'm like, yeah, give him his starting job. Yeah, back. Scott Darling, that's hilarious. hilarious. I think that's funny. You can have your job back. But for Lindholm, for me, a lot of his value, and this is going to depend on you keeping an eye on DFO, because a lot of his value is going to depend. Be if he's on that first base. line. He can be a great steal late, but if James Neal has that spot, which I personally think James Neal has the upgrade I think James, James Neal starts yeah. that for sure. And Because the thing is, that second line in Calgary is not changing whatsoever. Uh, no. The backland, what is it there? It's, backland could chuck it for a Yeah, that line is disgusting. It's probably going to be together for the next 10 years. So you're either <laughs> playing first or third, and the difference between the first and third in Calgary is quite a bit. Um, so for Lindholm, might be a steal in your draft, might not. So yeah, going more, going from playing with Sean Monahan and, and Johnny Gaudreau to play with Sam Bennett and Mark Jankowski is a bit of a bit of a difference. Yeah, like, bit of a difference. We'll but uh, let's move to maybe one of the biggest head scratchers of the summer. Uh, D as a as a Toronto fan, I'm sure you'd love to see Toronto doing stuff. Or sorry, as a Toronto fan, I'm sure you'd love to see Montreal doing stuff like this. But uh, <laughs> Alex Galchenyuk gets sent to Arizona for Max Domi. What's going on here uh, with Mark Bergevin? I mean, we—he's not always been the uh, made the smartest decisions, and this one I think might go down as one of the dumber ones again. <laughs> uh, so, what do you think here, Galchenyuk for Domi? Um, I mean, you get why it happened, right? Galchenyuk has kind of been sputtering the last few years, and they weren't really patient with him in that regard. Um, but you know, I was looking at Domi's numbers earlier today, and it's interesting because he—I think he shot about twelve percent his first year when he came into the league, and that was when he had the hot start. Goals, yeah, closer yeah. to eighteen goals. Um, but the thing I really kind of underestimated is his playmaking ability because he's been up over thirty assists every year. He had thirty-six assists last year, uh, but he shot about six percent in back-to-back seasons. 
I think his career is probably sitting at about eight right now, maybe seven. So, you know, obviously it's not he's not the sharpest shooter, right? But the, it kind of seems like there might actually be more there. Um, but I don't know. Personally, I, I love Galchenyuk more. The fact he can play in the middle, um, lined up. It'll be interesting to see if he gets on that top line with Clayton Keller or if they roll Derek Stepan there again. Um, Spawn's the boy, man. Yeah. He stay there. Well, I don't, I don't know, man. You make you make that kind of trade. I, I still think Arizona wasn't just looking to dump off Domi either. No. Um, obviously, I, I, I like the move for sure. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, again, I don't know what Domi's going to do in Montreal. It doesn't seem like he's going to get a crack to play on that top line, at least to start. It just seems, it seems odd to me because I think they scored the fourth fewest goals in the league last year or something. Like, they struggled mightily to score goals. And then you trade you trade for a guy who literally always 18 goals in the last two seasons combined. Like, 9-9, nine yeah. nine, I think. Which is... You know, obviously, a low shooting percentage is going to make that happen. But even still, like, yeah, but some he's guys known just, more... He's some guys known, aren't good shooters. Yes. Well, yeah. And he's known as more of a playmaker, right? Yeah. He's a crafty playmaker type of guy. Not a goal scorer. And then, like, you trade for this guy on a team that's desperate for goals. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, Montreal, it's a tough tough market. A guy, a high draft pick like Galchenyuk, never turned into that number one or number two center that he was projected to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they kind of wore out his, his welcome. Um well, it was kind of like the unfortunate start to the year last year, right? Yeah. And uh, it was pretty obvious to everyone on the outside looking in that he was, you know, overly snake bitten, but they just didn't really have the face to stick around with him. 30 goals three years ago, yep. 50 yep. points in two of the last three years. I mean, he's not terrible. No, he's better than Domi. He's better than Domi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, do that straight up. Better than Domi. Yeah. You got anything to add, Beebs? Um, I was going to say, Larry's <laughs> stat about Domi. So if you put all his shots together in his past three seasons, which are mostly complete seasons, he only has 414 total shots. In three and that's in, <laughs> that's in uh, oh, 222 that games. That's what I was going to say. Brent Burns in his 2015-16 season had 353. So technically only 60 more shots in three years than Brent Burns had in one season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so basically you kind of got to up your... Sh- yeah. Ovi did have more than that the one year. He had like 500 shots. Yeah. Though, which is... <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, <Yeah. laughs> but like you guys said, I like I like Galchenyuk a lot more. I think he just brings more to the table as a team, and I think at, in general, it's just a smart move by Arizona. I think they they robbed them straight. Right. Yeah. Well, I think like you know, best case if you're looking at it from the Canadians' perspective, maybe it's a wash right down the road. That's best but case. The, best, right? yeah. But at the end of the day, right, you'd rather take the, the guy who can play down the middle than the guy who can only play down the wing, well, especially because Galchenyuk has shown the ability to shift to the outside when he needs to as well. That's what I was gonna say. Is like Drouet is like now their number one center, like obviously, and he still is. He's a, a little. He, he's pretty much <laughs> a winger. Soft. So then you look at their their, their center depth. Now you look at it at Philip Deneau, yeah. Thomas Placanic, and Andrew Shaw mm-hmm. with Drouet. Like that's horrifying. And then the one thing that I really like about this trade for Arizona is they kind of have the ability to move Galchenyuk to the wing if it doesn't work out. I mean, you've got Christian Dvorak, you've got Stepan. Hopefully Dylan Strom eventually figures out how to play in the NHL. Yeah. So you could have three really, really good wingers down, or centers down the middle, and then you, it affords you the, the ability to play Galchenyuk. Keller on, too, right? They yeah, haven't ruled Keller out the possibility of moving exactly. Keller in the middle either. So. so they can at least fool around with it where Montreal's like, okay, hey, you have to be a center or it's not going to work because we don't have any other centers yeah. and never worked. Yeah. But moving on to the next, uh, one of the other bigger trades of the summer, uh, Jeff Skinner was traded to the Sabres for Cliff Poo, a 2019 second round pick, a 2020 third round pick, and a 2026 round pick. Uh, realistically, I don't think the 
Sabres really gave up a lot here to get Jeff Skinner. Obviously, a guy that's heading into the final year of his deal uh, has you know has something to do with that. But Klipu, not one of their biggest uh, prospects by any means. And then you know a second, a third, and a sixth. I yeah. mean, no, nothing crazy. Buffalo's got a lot of picks. Doesn't really hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, Skinner, for me, this doesn't really change Skinner's fantasy outlook really at all. Yeah. I mean. It could if he plays with Eichel, yeah, if he plays with Middlestad. I mean, it could because, you know what? He did get stuck on the third line in Carolina a lot. Didn't see a ton of power play time either. So. Yeah, well, his minutes actually dropped down last year, oh, exactly. too. Exactly, yeah. Pretty played. much no reason. Yeah, he was over 17 for the last few years, and then yep. he was at 16-30 a game. Well, yeah, he spent year. almost the whole year on like, the third yeah. line, I think, with Derek yeah. Ryan. But, dude, he, like, had, he had 280 shots last year. Oh, he shoots like crazy. Yeah. He, he only had 20, 24 goals. It was like well below his career average, so that should bounce back. He had 37 the year before. I just think a lot of people forgot about. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he scores like crazy. Yeah. yeah. So he just shoots the puck, man. So, I, yeah, I, I like it for him and the fact that – or just for the fact that he should be seeing more ice time at the very least, and you got to think he's going to end up with Eichel too. So. He should. And then here's the one thing that could – we're talking about his minutes. And if you look at where Evander Kane played in that lineup with Eichel most of the time, he was playing 19 and a half minutes a night. On the top line in Buffalo. If Jeff Skinner goes in and now he's not playing yeah. 16 minutes a night, he's playing 19 and a half minutes a night with, Je- with, with Jack Eichel, it should, boost his, it should boost his production. But he's just a strange guy. Like His his production just never seems to change. I, say, I think he's a case of one of those you know what you're getting. You yeah, see, you see 30 goals, 25 assists sports. every year. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. You know you're going to get that 30. He's averaged 30 his last three seasons, as we talked about. Uh-huh. Um, I totally agree. But at the same time, this guy holds a lot of value. And he's someone who people might pass over in drafts just looking at him playing for the Sabres because no, you know, no one wants to touch a Sabre. But if you're playing with Jack Eichel, it's not a bad approach. Yeah, I mean, like, Jack Eichel is obviously a stud, and getting Jeff Skinner and Jack Eichel together could be magical. Finally gave him some help. Another player that could potentially play with Jack Eichel, though, a uh, smaller deal, but we might as well lump it in while we're talking about the Sabres here. Connor Sheary and Matt Hunnewick were traded uh, for a conditional fourth-round pick. Uh, Connor Sheary obviously isn't going to be playing with Sidney Crosby anymore, but do they look at his success that he had with Crosby and maybe say, okay, this is a guy that could play with Eichel? Or is Connor Sheary kind of just a guy that's going to play middle six, put up 40 points, and we don't really care about Connor Sheary? I don't know. i got to imagine. It'll be interesting to see how the lines are kind of shaken up in training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, you know, Reinhardt played the majority of last year beside Eichel. It seems like they still want to move him to the middle, so that might open up the spot. But again, i got to think Ocposo would be in line for that spot ahead of Sheary. Um but again, it, it could obviously go either way. I'm sure at some point in the year he'll end up on that line if he's playing half decent. Um, but yeah, it'll definitely be something to monitor because if he's getting the full run again, he's shown what he can do, especially playing with uh, you know premier talents like Crosby or Eichel. Obviously, yeah. Eichel's not on that level, but I know we're all big fans of him and what we think he can do. He should so, do, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely the type of guy who at the very least will make the players around him better. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Connor Shearer is the guy to carry offense on his own either, so he definitely needs that. Um, but I don't know. I, I still kind of like him as a 20-goal guy if he gets at least you know, 15, 16 minutes a night. Yeah, a lot of it's going to personally depend, for me, on Casey Middlestat, who it's looking like he might line up with on the second line. And mm-hmm. Casey Middlestat could be an absolute monster in fantasy this year. He's one of my Rookie of the Year candidates, for sure. But he can also be a total bust because he's <laughs> playing in Buffalo, and every time you expect someone to do good in Buffalo, they don't do good in Buffalo. So um, 
So basically, I, I think a lot of it's paired to that. But again, as we mentioned, if he's playing with Eichel, then obviously it's paired there. I, I like Shiri. I think he has that special goal scorer's touch, it seems like. You you have to to kind of play along with Sid, but maybe not because Kunitz is now doing nothing. But um, <laughs> Or he's old. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, we got to think about that. But <laughs> but for me, um, he's at least, it looks like he, you know, he should have that top six spot. No one's really pushing on from the outside. Really, their other wingers are... Two other big wingers will be Vladimir Sabatka and Jason Palmville, and I think both those guys are set for third line um, spots for the rest of their careers. So um, I don't know. Shiri for me, it's tough. He's not on my radar, but he's certainly not off it either. Mm-hmm. What, no love for Zemgis Gergensens. No, love. no <laughs> he's terrible. Zemgis, Actually, he's gonna, he's gonna run the, the fourth line with another sick name, Tage Thompson. Or Tom, yeah, Tage Thompson. Yeah. We, well, since you basically TV. just mentioned all the other guys that yeah. were involved in this next trade, we might as well move right along to it. Ryan O'Reilly was sent from Buffalo. They were obviously pretty busy this summer. Yeah. Uh, also got Rasmus Dahlin, so that's you know pretty good summer for them all together. Uh, but yeah, Ra- incredibly difficult. Yes. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly goes to St. Louis for Tage Thompson, Vladimir Spotka, Patrick Berglund, a first-round pick in 2019, excuse me, 2019, and a second-round pick in 2021. Who comes out on top, and how does this affect fantasy? Obviously, uh, looking at it from a fantasy perspective, the only guy that really jumps off this list uh, as the guy that's going to be drafted is Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. The move from Buffalo to St. Louis, does it help him? Does it change anything for him? What do you think? I think, personally for me, I think St. Louis, this is just a we're-going-all-in um, approach right here. This makes a team that was already extremely defensively sound just incredibly defensive. Um, in, in a good way, as well as being as having a super powerful top line. So O'Reilly's looking like he'll slot in as their second line center. He's not going to top off that first line with Shen. That might be good. He's going to see. He's known as a shutdown guy, but he's also known obviously to play both ends. I like uh, O'Reilly to top his 64 points from a couple years ago in Colorado in 2013. I could definitely see that happening just with the talent around him. And uh, he's had 20-plus power play points the last couple of years, so he definitely knows how to run one, how to be there in the middle. This guy played for Team Canada when they had arguably their best roster yep. ever mm-hmm. um, at the World Championships a couple of years ago. Right. Uh, well, they, I think he's going to be a perfect fit out there. Yeah, well, they got Bozak there too, yeah, right? Exactly. So, oh, that's disgusting. Right, so, who, I mean, uh, you know, Bozak, you know, he's not the best player in the world, but, but he's been somewhat of a power a play specialist center, for the like, Maple Leafs the last few years. Uh, center or been fe- featured on the top power play unit that's been uh, top five to top ten in the last two or three years. Half so it'll be interesting to see how that all yeah how that all shakes out. Um, because already you look at Schwartz, Shen, Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Bozak. There's five guys right there that are all capable of playing on a top unit, and that's without mentioning guys like Steen, Fabry, and even David Perron. Um, and Patrick Maroon, if you're into that sort of thing. So just a really deep top nine there. I really like how it lengthens them out down the middle. Um, It'd be interesting, like I said, how it all shakes out uh, with Bozak there too. Because I, I kind of imagine Bozak's going to play a similar role to what he did in Toronto. For probably sure. play like 15 yeah. minutes a night, get some sheltered minutes at but 5 But still five. has been producing year in and year yeah. out. Like nothing crazy, oh, but he's a bottom of your roster yeah. guy that, you know, he, he's still going to get it done there. Right. And they're, like you mentioned, they're deep enough where he's not going to have a bunch of scrubs as line mates. He might play with a Perron or in a Fabry or a Maroon or something. See, he's not going to yeah, have, yeah. Um, for me, I, I think it was a good trade for both teams. I think, obviously, a guy you just touched on, Biebs, uh Casey Middlestad kind of allowed Buffalo to move O'Reilly because now they have their new second-line center. Now they get Tage Thompson, who's a pretty nice prospect, yeah. and then both Berglund and 
Vodka helps solidify their third line. Gives them a lot of depth. I mean, you you go from having one guy to having three guys in your lineup makes a bit of a difference. It's just just a weird trade for me. Because it's like, it seems like with the return they got, um, obviously with the draft picks, you know, that kind of looks towards the future. But the return they got, Berglund, Sabotka, those are good depth players. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be in anyone's top six, but... I think contending teams would definitely love to have them in their third or fourth line. So it's just kind of weird for me because I, I feel like if they really do feel like that, they'll have to compete. Why wouldn't you keep Ryan O'Reilly? Probably one of, if not the best, but it, but it, they two-way go, they, forwards in hockey. So They go from being one of like just like the thinnest teams in the league, though, to now actually having a little bit of depth. Yeah, I, I, I get it, but it's just like I don't... I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't think the, the depth of Berglund like, support. I, I, but like you just said, at the same time, too, ways. in the same... Oh, right. Like, they, they picked up a couple picks, and at the end of the day, if the Sabres aren't competing, and Sabotka and Berglund are, are, you know, rentals that competing teams would love to have, then they move them and get a couple more assets out of it and whatever, right? Yes, yeah. that makes sense. I like Tage Thompson by that. a lot. Thompson, and Thompson's a nice young prospect. He's solid. Um, and then as for St. Louis, like, like you mentioned, they go from... Like, they go to having Shen, O'Reilly, Bozak. You add Robert Thomas into the mid. Yeah. Uh, Ivan Barbashev. They're deep down the middle. And the one thing that's really nice about O'Reilly is, well, besides his consistency, too, actually. Let me just mention this for a second. 64, 55, 60, 55, and 61 points in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Ridiculously yeah. consistent. Doesn't miss games. Doesn't, yeah, plays, plays solid defensively. But then he also can play the wing. There's been a lot of talk of, you know, maybe Robert Thomas is a first-line winger if he... If he if he fits well there, maybe he plays you know at the bottom so lineup in the middle, uh, and then O'Reilly goes to the to the wing and and Bozak plays with him. Like there's so many things they can do with this lineup. They've got guys that can yeah. play. Shen center. can move to the outside. Exactly, they have so many guys that play winger and center. And even Schwartz, Schwartz has played in the middle before yep. too. So. It's just a ridiculously deep lineup, and then you just right. top it all off with a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko, and that looks like a very dangerous team heading into 2019. Um, okay, let's go back to another hilarious trade. Uh, <laughs> So, there is some real nasty shit going on, obviously, between Mike Hoffman and Eric Carlson. We won't touch on that. We don't we really... We touched on it. Yeah, but like, we don't, we're not going to talk That's about it. That's all we're going to touch. <laughs> That's as far as we're going to go. That's we're touching. So, Ottawa's like, okay, we got to trade this guy. Became pretty obvious that Pierre Dorian didn't want to trade him within the division. As he said, oh, you know, one of the best <laughs> goal scorers in the last couple of years. I'm surprised he knew Florida was in the division. Yeah, Jesus, eh? Uh, so he sends up to San Jose for Mikel Bodker, Julius Bergman, a 2026-round pick. Immediately. Terrible trade. Well, not immediately. Like 12 almost, hours later. Almost immediately. No, yeah. It was like two hours later. No, it was like two hours later. It broke. I'm almost positive the first one broke late at night and the next one broke in the morning. So maybe it was like two hours later. I think it was like one was like eight in the morning and one was like noon. Okay. Like I remember like looking being like, Oh wait! I already got that update. Oh, he got moved again. Oh, <laughs> Dude, shit. it happens. It happens so fast that somebody on DFO commented on like the Sharks page, just like, "Why is Hoffman on the Sharks?" I'm like, because he was there for like three minutes. But anyway, so the Sharks turn around and flip him to the Panthers, and they end up getting a 2019 second, a fourth, and fifth in last year, and like in this past summer's draft. So they get three picks, way better return than they gave to Ottawa. So, so Ottawa looks ridiculous, and he stays, and he ends game. up back in the division anyway. Um, so. We, whatever. We're not going to bash Ottawa any more than we just did. They're going to be brutal this year. Uh, they thought they were win, you know, win now mode last year. Can't wait year. to take their draft pick yeah. when the season ends. Exactly. For Clearly you. not. But uh, so, Beeps, Hoffman in Florida. What do you think? 
disgusting. Off, like extremely dangerous. Florida has a strong top six. We talk about it. As if people listen to the podcast, they know we love our boy Barkov up there, mm-hmm. and we love Super We love the options up there. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Yep. Duke's um, dad is one you guys have. Oh yeah, that's the one we're going for. But but Jugs, his name's not as fun. But Jugs, man. But yeah, it's the most fun. <laughs> Hoffman is a uh, he's four straight time twenty plus goal scorer. The guy has proven he can score from that that off yeah. wing, and he's proven he's a power play. Like over two hundred and fifty shots. The power play David, beast man. He's only yeah. twenty eight too, so he's still kind of. And he was a late bloomer, as we saw. I think he came only got twenty five when he had that huge first season there. Um. I, Hoffman's value only goes up here, as we've seen. Anyone's value would go up leaving Ottawa. But, um, yeah, this guy just proven goal scorer in a really strong lineup. I think Florida just overall kind of, you know, did a great job moving him in. And it's going to go really under the radar because of his offseason issues. But, I but yeah, like as long as his girlfriend can keep it on Keep it under wraps, it'll be all right. <laughs> We're touching yeah. on it, bro. Sorry, I had to go back for a minute. But uh, what, do you, what do you think, uh I mean, I, I, I know, Brian, I mean, you have talked about it a lot. I, I love it. I've always been a big Hoffman fan. Yep. I, I've always thought uh, there is another level where his game can go. First um, of all, 24th in the league in goals in yeah. the last four years. Yeah. And the Panthers' top six is just absurd, dude. Their bottom six is terrible. Yeah. There's no denying <laughs> yeah. that. Henry but the Borcher, good thing is, man. Yeah. Well, the good thing is Bob Bugner knows that. Like, he literally plays both lines like they're a first oh. line. They each play 20 minutes well, a night. Well, because Barkov and Trocek can both play yeah. both ways, too. Yeah. Like, he doesn't need to. They are you know, shut down, scoring, domination yeah. lines all the way through. Yeah. I, I, I love the Panthers' top six. Uh, I think they're going to score a lot of goals this year. I'd like Tons. their chances at making the playoffs if they weren't in that division, yep. the Atlantic division. Uh, Got to be the strongest division in hockey this for year, sure. on paper anyway. Um, so yeah, I love it for Mike Hoffman. I think you know, I think sixty points is a lock if he's healthy, and then sixty-five, seventy is certainly within reach. But we don't know how many goals this guy can score. Like yeah. I said, he and he wasn't playing a ton he's in Ottawa last five. year either. Like I, I, th- I actually think his ice time is going to go up just because of how heavily Bugner relies on those top two. Yeah, lines. like he played eighteen and a half minutes last year. Yeah, could, could, be, I, na- could be nineteen. Could be twenty. Could be 20 no, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you look at Trocheck, Huberto, second liners who were both at twenty minutes a game last year. Um, and I, I'm almost positive that's where he's going to slot in yeah. because Bukestad, Barkov, and Dadnov have played almost the entire year together. Trocek and Huberto were together, and then Dennis Malgin, I think, was the yeah. one who was on that uh, Huberto, second line. Huberto and Barkov play together a lot too, but I mean, I think it's going to yeah. be Huberto Trocek. It could for sure. Yeah. It, that was stretch anyway. It, like the whole it, second it half doesn't even matter yeah. how you shake those lines out. That top six, whoever plays with who, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And Hoffman should be on that top power play unit too. Obviously, oh, yeah. like he's we're just going to sit back there and just all these bombs. Yeah. Like, just from the point all day. With the boy Keith Yandel. And you know what? The one thing too is like, he, you know, in the last four years, like I said, 24th in the league. Last year was a bit of a down year, only 22 goals, career low, but he shot a career low 8.6%. Yeah, and how many shots he have? 257, career yeah. high. So if he shoots at his career mark of 10.8% last year, he yeah. scores 28 goals. So that would have given him 27, 29, 26, 28 in the last yeah. four years. And you got Mikel Botker and Julius Bergman for him. Congratulations, Yay. Pierre. But uh, Beebs, I know this next trade, and it's the last one we're going to talk about, near and dear to your heart, uh, Philip Grubauer and Brooks Orbit. Uh, we were sent to the Colorado Avalanche for the number 47 overall pick. Uh, Who was? You don't know. I was a guy I never heard of Cody something. Yeah. I, I can't remember. Cody something. He's yeah. probably listening. Cody something. Um, <laughs> great trade. Phenomenal trade for Colorado. Um, they picked up Orpic too, who they just bought his contract out right away. Yeah. Um, so they that, kind of added to it. So but that's, that's, how they, that's, how they, that's how you get that's that second a, round. Very good. Yes. Very good choice. 
But um, what, what this does is it makes a very strong one-two split in Colorado in the goaltending with him and Varlamov. Varlamov's proven he can't necessarily take a full starter's workload throughout the year. His groin has injured him, I think, two of the last three years. This is good. So get him a break. Um, also, Grubauer's only 26. He's young. He had a 923 save percentage last year, which is just phenomenal. He, had, he took over the starting job exactly. heading into the playoffs. And, and, and then he's like, nah, it. I'm not going to let it anymore, goals. One of my favorite things about oh, him, though, man. has to be he's a Windsor alert. Uh, <laughs> now, he, uh, he played for the Spitfires back in the day, so a little bit uh, mm-hmm. a little bit biased there, but took us to Memorial Cup. Yeah, he sure did. One. But proven winner, um, going to a team that hopefully will be touching playoffs this year. Um, but I, I do like it a lot. I think it adds the, to the young core of the team. It adds a young goalie that, that... And you still put him in a position where he has to fight for his job every day. So he's going to be playing out of his mind trying to win it. Yeah. Um, I love it. I think it's great. As we mentioned, second round pick for that. It's hilarious. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, uh, when it happened, you know, I, I was a little worried. But, uh, but then I saw what we gave up and it was uh, not a lot. Content with it. So, yeah, overall, I like it. I... I as far as fantasy goes, it's kind of scary because you don't know how many starts either of those goalies are going to get. But, uh, oh yeah. Realistically, Grubauer has been one of the best backups in the NHL over the last three seasons. Uh, 225 goals against, 923 save percentage, and a 57.1 winning percentage. Right. Uh, but, like you mentioned, still probably going to start behind Varlamov. But, Varley has had consistency and durability issues, yeah. uh, you know, over the years. So, he likes to be just god awful for a year and then amazing yeah. the next year. It's Realistic, like all it boils down to, I, you know, for bad. it's super <laughs> early. Uh, but like, Grubauer's ADP is a little high. Obviously, drafts are just getting underway, but he should be one of the the first backups off the board. Yeah, and he's Easy. probably the best handcuff option in the NHL. Like, I like, take I him before Anderson on Ottawa. Oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Yes, but like in terms of like, if you're gonna grab Varlamov, you should almost certainly be yeah. grabbing Grubauer because Dirty one too. yeah, get 82 wins out of him for sure. Both of them, yeah, because yes. they're going eight for sure, 82 and 0. for sure, almost <laughs> without certainty, 100. <laughs> percent But uh, what do you think about it? I, I think it's good. Like uh, Grubauer, at the very least, is ready for a timeshare role. Um, I think he's proven. If I were a team. Uh, like the Hurricanes, I think that would have been a solid pickup for them. To, yeah, I think draw like Hurricane stat. Yeah, I mean, I guess they already rolled the dice on a guy like Good Scott Darling last year. Um, yeah, he can't roll. Obviously, that didn't work out. Sorry, Scott Darling, but no, I, I, I like it. I, I do think Varlamov, because of the health concerns, because of kind of his uh, tendency to just take a month off, <laughs> just at, like bye at any given moment. I, I think they needed that, um, you know, that depth in the in the crease, and he could definitely end up taking the lion's share of the starts by season's end, but maybe Varlamov will take it back in the playoffs, you know? Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't even know how good Colorado is going to be, bro, right? Like, Sven Spaghetto is like on your second no, line. They, I, I don't expect they can't they're 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 line, line, right? They're they're one line. They're on one line. Dude, McKenna had like 67 points or 70 points at home last year. Oh, yeah. And like 25 on the road. So Mile on McKinnon, baby. Yeah, that's like the biggest Mile concern Mile for me with that line. I, trust me, I love that line. They made me a lot of money on DraftKings last year. Um, it was very well rep- they were very well represented in our top 300 yes, they were. because of what they did last year so hopefully at least they can replicate it uh, according to Corsica Hockey Rankings which you can find on dailyfaceoff.com uh, they were the number 9 uh, top first line in the NHL last year but according to Dylan they were the number 1 in this because <laughs> they want to win according to his bankroll it was all about Colorado also shout out to Tyson Berry because yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, they definitely got thrown into that stack a lot of the time <laughs> But uh, let's head over to a break for now. You guys can listen to uh, 
A solid 60 seconds of the Blue Stones. They're yeah. back. Oh, just, of they've course. been blowing up. Oh, yes, they have. We definitely de haven't even checked with them if it's still cool, but we no, got the okay I was, one I was, time four years ago. So we're just they love it. I was at the gym two weeks ago, and, I, and some guys like, oh, hey, hey do, you, do you you got a podcast, right? I'm like, yeah, why? And it was, it was Yeah, it was their lead singer. And he's yeah, like, oh, and he started yeah. talking to me, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, in the... We're both so just like shirtless, like oh, so he's cool with it. So. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he's yeah. super cool with it. So oh, yeah. yeah, the Stones are still rocking. Yeah, they've been sending me new music and stuff. Still, they, they're down. Okay. They're okay. good for. It. But anyways, when we get back, we'll talk about the biggest off-season signings. One that <laughs> Dylan cannot wait to talk about, and then we're gonna go Robin Lehner, the Islanders. <laughs> and then we'll talk about our top 24 on DFO, and then we'll talk a little, you know, go in depth about it a little bit. But anyways, enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here in 60 seconds. Wrestle to the dirt now, back of my crowd. I took a trip to the borderlands and I dashed my head in some upstream land. I saw a man in a two-tone coat, told me everything he liked about the song. Episode one of the Daily Faceoff podcast. I'm your co-host Dylan Berthiu. Uh, had a lot of fun breaking down the the, the biggest trades of the offseason in the first half. There, so like, yeah. our last episode was literally a trade, trade deadline deadline. review. We're just a big tra trade guys. Get a lot of get a lot of traction in the last month or so. Yeah, a lot of trades. Yeah, I think it's more or less just people clicking on it. To see like, why are they not doing nope, new episodes just to hear our voices for a little nope. bit? Nope. <laughs> we missed. They missed. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe they named it wrong and it was a. Uh, off-season trade <laughs> or something? Nope, nope, that was our trade. Yeah, but you know, I gotta be honest, it's a lot of fun being back on the mic with you guys. Um, looking likewise, forward to another likewise. stellar season. Thanks, man. Podcast has only been growing and growing each year, and we really appreciate the listeners. Uh, you know, we got, I, I like to think we got a pretty loyal following. Oh, yeah. Our yeah. numbers are always consistent week to week. Uh, so we appreciate you guys, and remember, spread the word. You're not going to find better fantasy hockey advice out there, at least on a podcast. That no, we can tell you that much. That's for sure. It might be out there, but you got to dig for it. We're just going to We've give it tried. to you. We've yeah. tried. Around. We have tried. Now the terrorists. We keep thinking terrible. about That's like, why they're listening. We're not the best. Oh, I guess we're the best by default. Like, yeah. We I'm keep looking at it and we're like, oh, man, like it'd be nice to just stop doing the podcast. It's a lot <laughs> of work. But trying to learn from people. we got to try to help people because there's nothing out there. No, yeah. just, we're not that yeah. I just listen We're to our listening. podcast for advice. <laughs> I go back, like, what did Rock and Dylan say? Yeah. I need some help. That's this what week. I'm going to do in <laughs> Who should I pick up this week? <laughs> By the way, uh, number 47 overall pick that went back to Washington was a guy named Cody with a K. Cody Clark. Uh, you, don't, uh, you don't like Cody. Was Clark with a K? Or was Clark with a C? C. And what about the end of it? Was the end of it with a K? Or was it the is, end yeah, with a C? He starts with a K yeah. and ends with a K. He had uh, LAR in the middle there? Yeah, he had uh, 18 <laughs> goals, 21 assists, and 56 games last year. So that's why we didn't really know. Sorry, Cody, if you listen, but uh, you know, pick it up in your third year in Perfect. Ottawa with the 67s. Yeah. Um, so let's get into it, D. We're gonna go right to you. Obviously, the biggest signing of the off season, and maybe like the last Woo! forever, maybe the biggest signing ever since uh, uh, since ever. I don't know since ever. 
Yeah. It was a bit at least like July first. It doesn't kind of matter. John Tavares signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs. We were together in Toronto that day. I wasn't with you. You were with my brother. Oh, but you don't. Oh, I yes. wasn't Toronto. I wasn't with you guys. Yeah. We were together the night before. We were, yeah, together in spirit. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. pour one out mm-hmm. for the Islanders mm-hmm. because he absolutely shafted them. But doesn't matter if you're a Leafs fan. It feels good. D. Tavares in Toronto. What do you think? Let's go. At the very least, it's going to be amazing to watch. And I couldn't <laughs> be more excited as a Maple Leaf fan. Um, you know, Tavares, I, I doubt it does a, like a huge boost towards his numbers. If we're talking from a fantasy perspective, I think he's going to go in and do. What he does, um, kind of seems to have problems staying above the point per game pace, but 70, 70 points, 35 goals is right in his wheelhouse. Um, so I expect more of the same. It's going to be interesting to see how the lines shake out uh, right after Babcock at the presser, the yeah, first so presser. Marlow and Marner with Tavares. No, Mar- Hyman with Tavares and Marner, which is weird because Hyman's been with Matthews and Ewander for the last two years. Forever. And like then Marlow with Matthews. He said Marlow, Matthews, and Ewander. Yeah. So I'm a little skeptical with that. Uh, I'd be surprised if that's how it actually ends up playing out. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on that. But obviously, you know, uh, mitigates the loss of Tyler Pozak and James Van Reems. Like, Just a touch. And then some. You know what's funny? I was actually, like, pretty worried about losing the two of them. Yeah. And I uh, haven't really thought about that yeah, in about no. three months. No, so. now you got you Andreas Janssen lost. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Janssen, Kapanen, Connor Brown. Tyler Ennis. A lot of depth star. in the bottom six. Tyler Ennis. That was a hell of a pickup for a minimum. Not really, but... It's a fourth liner. Yeah, uh, not... Holmes. Low risk. Kyle. They like him. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, back to the issue at hand. I, I, it's going to be a lot of fun. They're pro- I don't think there's going to be a better team to watch in the league this year. It might be a little biased, but I don't imagine the team's going to be more up and down. Well, like they least, did, they, they given did. how stacked their top six, top nine is, and how weak their defensive core is. Yeah. They're going to be been one of the, the most more fun teams team to watch for a while now. So I yeah. think just so adding the virus to the mix isn't going to hurt. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be just crazy to watch, man. I still have trouble believing that it actually happened. It's just crazy. Like, we were talking about how deep the, the Blues are down the middle. But then you just look at Matthews, Tavares, yeah. and Kadri. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. How's that allowed? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not odd. Yeah, it's not every day you get to live your childhood dream, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. But... It's weird, like, a lot of people, like, obviously an amazing signing. The yeah. Leafs are getting, like, this is their year that, you know, Stanley Cup favorites are now. Because yeah. everybody's putting money on them. Stanley Cup still. Are they actually? Oh. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking in Vegas last two weeks ago, yeah. and I was, I was yeah, thinking about doing the thing. Well, someone told me a long time ago, it's not actually about who's the most likely no, to win. It's about Kirkland's events. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big but. A lot of people are like expecting him to be a top five fantasy forward. Like a lot of different sites are saying, like he's ranked in the top five. We have him at the bottom of the first round. We'll mm-hmm. get to that more later. Mm-hmm. But it would take his first ever monster season to yeah. be a top five fantasy. He's forward. been over ninety before. I his think, career right? highs: thirty-eight goals in two thousand fifteen, fifty assists in two thousand twelve. 86 points okay. in 2015. Yeah, so not even None of the three have come in the last three years. Uh-huh. Over that span, however, though, the last three years, he remains 10th in the NHL in goals, tied for 33rd in assists, and 16th in points. Mm-hmm. Now playing with the best team he's ever played with. Mm-hmm. Strong first-round pick. Obviously, career year could be on the horizon. I just think that there are more proven guys in the top five yeah I, I don't hate taking Tavares at seven no but I think in that top five and, but like he's everywhere in the top five it's crazy I'm like you just look at it he's just never really had that one crazy year and just mm-hmm. because he's gonna be on the best team 
maybe in hockey I mean, this year. Doesn't mean he's gonna have the career. It means that he's probably gonna get eighty six points, and Matthews is gonna score forty goals, mm-hmm. and Marner's gonna be unreal, and Elander's gonna be unreal, and they're gonna be the best team because yep. they're all good. Marlow thirty goals, but they're all good. Back to it. Why? I mean, why not? Uh-huh. What did he score? 27, 28 last year. Twenty seven. Yeah. So and he scored thirty for like seventeen seasons in a row. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. He doesn't miss Jumbo Joe at all. He's pretty excited about it. No, but he's fine. Beebs, you got anything to add on John Tavares to Toronto? No, I mean I'll just let you guys uh, sit back and, and salvate and drool over it. I will. I, be, I, I love. Just, I'll, I'll I love watching. I'll I'll Brock, you're, draft Brock is one hundred percent a Leaf fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with it. I can't. I've wait accepted it. So when you buy your first jersey, yeah, it's just gonna be great. <laughs> I heard your dog likes the Leafs. No, oh, I hates the Leafs. Yeah, well, it, your dog's a winner, so. I <laughs> so obviously, the rest of these signings are gonna seem. Very small in comparison, so we won't spend too much time on them because, I mean, most of these guys, there wasn't too many big free agents out there outside of John Tavares. But let's start with James Van Riemsdyk. He obviously left Toronto. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have enough money to pay both him and Tavares, so had to choose. I think they might have made the right choice. Uh, but he makes a return to Philadelphia. Uh, what do you guys think, Biebs, going back to Philadelphia? Been one of the most consistent wingers in fantasy for you know his entire tenure at Toronto. Do you think this helps, changes, or is he just going to be the same guy that he always has been? Uh, I think he kind of stays the same. If not, maybe goes down a little just because um, he should be in their top six. He should, really, he's going to slot in yeah. the top six there. Um, the one thing that could help him for sure is playing against uh, the assist machine uh, or playing with uh, Jakub Voracek. Yeah. An absolute just – all the dude does is set you apples up. every year. For someone like JBR, you know, just scores the exact same goal over and over and over again. If Voracek can find him in front of the net in that spot, um, I mean, he's, he's definitely – Yeah, I, I, but I see him kind of keeping it. You know, he's, he's proven to be a 55-plus point guy. We talk about his consistency every year. Yeah. I know that D. He I, dra- I draft him at fantasy um, every year because, like, you know you're going to get, like, 30 and tw- at least 25 every year. Like, yeah. yeah. And he never misses time. He played 40 a couple years ago. It's the first time, like, he's ever missed. He missed one game last year. Like, besides that one year, he hasn't missed a game in five. Or he's missed one game in mm-hmm. five years. Yeah, he had the yeah. back thing. Uh, I think, I think again, you could just, you know, he's, he's consistent. And that's what, you know what you're going to get from him. Um, and I would draft him if, you know, he's sitting there when my pick comes That's the thing. Like, he always, like... He, like, way back in the day, every single year, I drafted Blake Wheeler. He was middle yeah, round. That guy. He was always there. And JVR is the same. He never moves up too high in the draft because his upside is capped. Yeah. But you get him in the middle round. And those he are scores the guys 30 solid, yeah. for sure. And he's a winger. And there's no good wingers. Like, there's so Left wing especially. Is so, yeah. Is so so at that so point, thin. you don't care about... The assists he get, they're all bonus. No. Those goals that he's scoring. Score me 36 just, again. And score 36 goal. and 0, and I'm okay. I would yeah. put you on my team. Yeah. Well, 36 was his career high last year. Shot so. a career high 14.5%. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, and then he was like on fire down 30, the stretch. 30, 27, 29 in the other yeah. years that he was. He had like career. six goals in two games at one point. Yeah. yeah. Um, the but, other thing, too, always, always a good power play guy. That That's the main thing, really. But the one thing that's. so. I don't think that this really affects his value one way or the other. The only person that might be affected by this is Wayne Simmons, who's coming off of his da- a down year, and he's hoping for a bounce back. But now you bring in a guy who plays a similar offensive type of game. Yeah. And does does JVR take some of Simmons' power play time? Like Sim- Simmons was like power play Jesus for for years. Right. Well, let's run through this. We got Gossespierre on the back end for sure, and then we got Giroux, Voracek. Couturier, Connect. and that leaves one spot. Yeah, and on the is, power it, play. is on it Simmons or JVR? Yeah. On that, on that it's got to be JVR. You paid him the money. 
He's your power play specialist. It's got to be JVR. So that Simmons doesn't bounce back because Simmons was like that. That's where Simmons made his back. Because Simmons and JVR were legitimately the same. Yeah, they, they, they produce the exact same. I, he, I think he's got a better chance of knocking Couturier off that top unit than JVR. Do you put both of them though in the same unit? I, you might. I don't know. Could last year though. They, they they are opposite hands, right? Couturier is going to regress regardless of of who takes this one. Well, the whole first line is good. Yeah. Well, Should. there's no way Claude goes over 100, but we'll oh get back to that God, later. Claude, what a God. But Claude, over, God. even last year... He's not going to break 80, let alone 100. Bro. Even in, his, in the last year, in a down year for Wayne Simmons, in his last five years, 15 power play goals, 14 power play goals, 13 power play goals, 16, and still 11 last year in his worst season since 2003. Ever. Yeah, 2011. <laughs> 2011. 2011. Yeah. So I, well, I was gonna, I was gonna say 2013, but that was a lockout year, so obviously he's not gonna score as many goals that year. Yeah. But so doesn't change much for JVR is what we're saying. Yeah. And you know what? That power play. Well, the if only he gets thing- on that top unit. I mean, not that it's gonna be more lethal than yeah. Toronto's was because I mean, but they they didn't really stack one where Philly. They just tore it up on the power play. Like I think Giroux. Yeah, they didn't stack on Giroux. That, he was on that Bozak JVR unit was the first one on the. Yeah, but it still wasn't like they kind of five split, best players. They, on they the kind ice. of split time. It was usually a minute and a minute. Yeah. But obviously, like at the end of the day, if you're the first one on the ice, you're going to get more chances because if you score, the second one doesn't get to go. Up. True. Facts. That's usually what happens. Yeah. If you oh. score, it's usually that's all she wrote. For. Five on three, maybe. Yeah, but it doesn't like major penalty. Yeah, Double I minor. I mean, not always, but I said usually. Usually, okay. Um, I'm just trying to look Got really it. quick here. Gossiper, Voracek, Gossiper, Voracek, and Giroux were top three in the NHL. Or it's not top three. The three of them were top twenty-five. Sorry, in power play time on ice last yeah. year per game. Yeah. Well over three minutes, mm-hmm. three and a half minutes. So if JVR sees that kind of time with those guys. Maybe he does have. A, Maybe he does score 36 again. Well, he's going to get... He should see more ice time, too, is the thing, right? Like, the last two years, he's been at 15 minutes a night on the Leafs' third line. But he's not, like, the greatest 5v5 player ever, either. That's a thing. Like, maybe he... But he's not... Maybe he takes the drop down, like... No, but he does, you don't... He's a left winger. You don't need him to get you out of your own end, right? It's what he can do in the offensive end, which is Ooh. obviously a lot. But, uh... Yeah. No, you are you are right, though. But the thing... Philly likes to go best on best yep. when they're matching yep. because yep. of the, how good Couturier is um, Absolutely. in his own end. So... I think either way, he should see, probably should be at least 17 minutes a night, I would imagine. And he's pro- still going to get the cushier matchups that he saw in Toronto. Oh, yeah. Um, so, if anything, it'll help us get his assist total back up and drop to 18 minutes. just feed him all day yeah. long. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the biggest concern to me is who's going to be playing in between them. I'm not the biggest believer in Nolan Patrick. We'll see what he does in year two. Yeah. He's not. Yeah, it he obviously wasn't the best show. showing. Right now, according to Korska Hockey Radio. flashes. Number 121 ranked center, Nolan Patrick. So, okay, so he's, yeah, got some, he's got some. I don't know about that, but so he's not, got some work to do. That's uh, that's about a fourth line center. If you have four times three, it gets you yeah. about 120, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally the four, worst. Four times 31, sorry, yeah. Vegas. Yeah. So, so he's not even cracked. Forgot about you. Why don't you win the cup next year? Maybe I'll, like, maybe I'll remember you. Yeah, yeah. JVR, <laughs> JVR checks in as the number 14 left winger. So uh, obviously a lot to like there. Yeah. Uh, let's stick with the Maple Leafs. Uh, another guy that they lost, we just talked about. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Tyler Bozak to St. Louis. I don't think we need to talk about it too much. We think he's going to play a similar role. Yeah. We think he's going to be right around that 40 to 50 yeah. point range. Should be... Uh, yeah, yeah. Should be sheltered minutes. Okay. I'll probably have about... Uh, should have double-digit goals, but the, the assist should be above 30. 
Um, so I don't think he brings a ton of fantasy value unless you kind of find yourself in a spot where you got maybe a handful of guys like JVR who are much more goal-heavy than assists, and you need someone to kind of round that out. Other than that, I, I can't imagine Bozak with just a lone center eligibility. Um, unless you have, like, face-offs. Yeah, I think it's... Play in a league that yeah, you should quit in. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I... I, I <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's. A, I still think it's a good pickup for the Blues. Uh, we talked about all the depth it gives them down the middle and all the options it gives them on the power play. Um, but I, I don't. I wouldn't be targeting Tyler Bozak on draft day. If, Not in twelve man standard leagues anyway. Not another guy who's kind of right around the Tyler Bozak range in the draft, maybe a little bit better. Uh, Paul Stastny, coming off one of the best seasons of his career, played yeah. on a stacked. Line in uh in, in his brief time in Winnipeg, yeah, but he didn't do that great in Winnipeg, thirteen yeah. and nineteen, not, not amazing. Yeah. But now, numbers. but now he goes to Vegas, okay. where he's not going to be playing with Ehlers in line. Obviously, a better team than Winnipeg because they beat them in a best yeah. of seven. Yeah, so for sure, obviously not. better. So not going to be playing with line A on the right. Probably yeah. Alex Tuck, the left side. Maybe Howla. Maybe we like Tuck. Alex. Tuck. Yeah, we like. Alex. We love Alex Tuck. We but I'm just Alex saying, Tuck. Alex Tuck. As much as we love Alex Tuck, Alex Tuck is not Patrick Line A. And Thomas Tatar is, is, no. is not. Thomas Tatar and Eric Halla are Thomas not Tatar. Nikolai Ehlers. No, so, they're not. Same same size. Yeah, but not the same player yes. at all. No. So less speed. Do Whoa. we like do we like the do we do we like Stasny going to Vegas? Does it move the needle at all? Could you, could I, you tell by our comments that I probably loved it? <laughs> I don't think you guys loved it. I now to me the best spot for him to be was Winnipeg. Um, so and he kind of proved there. to barely be able to hold down uh, a fantasy relevant role. I don't know. You want to live in Winnipeg? It's cold, bro. Yeah, but if I can win a Stanley Winnipeg, Vegas. The city of Vegas got to have a few more things for a going cut ball for a And they wanted yeah, to pay him more money. Yeah. That's... So, okay, here's a question. <laughs> Would you guys rather have Paul Stassi playing with Talkin' Powell, let's say, this year? Yeah. Or Brian Little playing with Line eight Brian Little. Yeah, probably Little. I, I don't think Stassi's going to be totally fantasy relevant. I think best case, he probably comes in at 50 points. Yeah, like he'll be... But you never know. He's in Vegas. The they're center. all drinking PEDs. Yeah. That's and true. Probably going to win the cup again. Right. Yeah. They, that's like... They're taking like a piece of... That's stuff. my whole theory now. You see Schmidt's... Schmidt's uh, his quote, too, was like, I've never taken any substance that wasn't given to me by my team. Yeah, and so I was just, like... Damn! Y'all cheated. Yeah, the it all makes sense, bro. That was the first tweet I saw. Yeah. Was, was you can't shoot twenty nine percent without Adderall in your system. You just can't do it. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 Robin Lehner signs with the New York Islanders. Yeah, definitely the biggest free agent signing to go in or out of the Islanders this offseason. Yes. No. Yeah, that has nothing to do with John T, Johnny T at all. No, then. No. No. What do you think? I always like Lehner. I always thought he could do good on a good team, yeah. so I don't think this does a whole lot. And then he got him. moved to a team <laughs> that was worse. Yeah. 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 I got some numbers. It's, uh, it's unfortunate he had a Poor tough guy. year because I think if he had a year more in line with his career averages. Um, he definitely could have, you know, found himself a spot on a, a more contending team. At least he's starting. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 like, wouldn't I was, you rather be in Buffalo this year than Long Island as a goaltender? Yeah, oh, wouldn't days. you rather be Carter Hutton than Robin Lehner right now? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Even yeah. with how, how stacked the Lehner. Here, I'll, I'll give it to you right now. Lehner, he obviously takes over for Halak. Like you said, doesn't bode well. Big shoes to fill. During his three years in Buffalo, <laughs> he was tied for twentieth in save percentage. 
Right. And 38th in goals against average. Right. That was a 916 and a 277. Right. But... The Islanders gave up the most shots on goal in the league last year right. and only got worse this summer. Right. <laughs> it's going to be a disaster. Right. Unless Barzell is just like the best yeah, player. In Barzell league. could play. Barzell is like for sure not going to be the best player in the league tonight. Like, I'm going yeah, to go out on a limb here and just say that he's not the best player in the league. I think he's going to be just as good as last year, but it's very good. So you, but he's still. But then, like you he, don't expect a hundred plus but, points in both ends of the ice. No, like he's not Connor McDavid. Like he's not going to get one hundred twenty this year. Everly might get seventy though. Yeah. I'll say that right now. If Barzal's as good as he was last year, Everly's getting three extra minutes a hey, night. If they can top do, power play time, Everly wasn't on the top unit all year last year. If they can, he do didn't sniff what Colorado it. He did. 50s, that top line could be dirty. Yeah. If they can be like the Big. latest cog. McKinnon, Randon, yeah. which I'm not gonna think. And we, I don't think that Barzil, Everly, yeah. and whoever yeah. it is, Andrew Ladd. Yeah. The, the biggest, I think, the biggest loser from a fantasy perspective of the of Tavares leaving Long Island. Honestly, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I likely Lee's still gonna be on that top line with uh, maybe. Yeah, so it's either Josh. Just because I said that that's what's gonna happen yeah. doesn't mean that's what's gonna happen. No, I know, but it no, it should. Yeah, yeah, I didn't make it up. Yeah, no, <laughs> you want Barzal and Everly together. They rotated that piece out, but Beauvillier was the one I was really saying because there's no chance he gets that spot. I don't think uh, alongside Barzal and Everly, and then Josh Bailey's obviously the other. Baby. Josh Bailey's like, but I, loser. like I. I <laughs> Like for, <laughs> off this trade, yeah. oh season. okay. I, I think he's a beauty, but Jesus, yeah. that's a loser yeah. of the offseason. Yeah. But I mean, I wouldn't have been banking on Bailey doing what he did last year, even if Tavares came wow. back. No. So that's, that's kind of where I come from. Honors Libro, you got to respect back to back thirty goal beast, seasons, forty yeah. goals last year. Shot high both years. Apparently, a great yeah high school. But I mean, when you look well. at true all around yeah. athlete. But we were just breaking down all Tavares' numbers. Not as good as it, you might think, just hearing the name John Tavares. Yeah, Barzell's season fell right in line with that man. So I don't know. I, I still like Lee if he ends up on no, the top line. I don't sure. like him to score 40 goals. I wouldn't have liked him if Tavares It is like there. a little reminiscent. Yeah. Like, it looks kind of the same. Yeah. As, no, I think Bovillier as, as, as the Ranton and McKinnon land his yeah. line. Like, the, they all, the, those players themselves yeah. are a little similar. Uh-huh. It could happen where they literally, but they got to, again, get like 97 points at home and zero <laughs> on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody even likes Barclays Center, so they're probably like, nah. Like, they'll probably do it on the road. Not even the Russian owner. No. <laughs> but uh, James Neal, we talked about him a little bit. He goes to Calgary. Uh, he's another candidate. We talked about Lindholm earlier to play with Gidro and Monaghan. Uh, Neal has been a reliable goal scorer, obviously, mm-hmm. throughout his career. Did you know, though? Scored 20-plus goals in each and every single one of his 20, or not 20, 10 NHL seasons. I had that written really? down. Yeah. yeah. Over the last did four, you know that? Over the last four years, he is 26 in the NHL in goals. <laughs> this is hilarious. 26 in the NHL goals, but tied for 209th in assists. Assists yeah. <laughs> yeah, a goal scorer, but still, he's a 25-goal, 20-assist cap-out guy. Yeah, uh, I kind of think he can hit 60 points if he plays with Goudreau and Mollyhan the, whole year, the whole year. Yeah. The whole year, which might happen. Furland was there, uh, essentially, for the whole year. Yep, yeah. Um, so it, could, it could happen. Yeah. yeah, like, obviously, he doesn't get a lot of assists, but you're bound to get just contact assists, right? Oh, yeah. Those contact high assists. When you're playing with guys like Goudreau and Monaghan. He had 31 um, and 27 in yeah. 2016. I think if he's on that top line, he breaks 30 goals. Just because Goudreau is sure. the pass first guy. Yep. Monaghan doesn't score. Monaghan just scores 30-30 every yeah, year. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I do think I do like his chances of scoring 30 goals. Neil has a nice sleeper value this year for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah. can probably get him yeah. late in the draft. But like 20 assists is a great year for him. Sure. <laughs> Definitely. Would you rather have James Neal or Honors Lee this year? James Neal. 
Yeah, James Neal. If, if they're both on the yeah, top line. Okay, I was going to say. They're both on the top line. Um, but I'd almost... Okay, does Neal still have dual eligibility in most, most leagues? I could tell Because yeah. left wing's so think, thin that I'd almost rather leave because of that. Um, on Yahoo, James Neal is strictly right wing. Yeah, so I might lean Lee just because like yeah. I was going, I was doing the left wing previews the last couple days. Left wing is just so bad yeah. once you get past right like the top 15, 20 guys or so. Um, so I might roll lead just because of that. Uh, I but again, even, you, both of those guys are going to have to rely on their I didn't even for a lot of their success. realize this when I asked that question, but we have Anders Lee ranked 178 yeah. and James Neal 182. There you just go. Neck and neck. Anders Lee left wing 27, James Neal right wing 38. That just yeah. goes to show right there how yeah. much deeper the right yeah. side is than the left. Uh, Anders Lee projected for 30 goals, 19 assists. James Neal projected for 26 and 21, but we both... All sorry, not both, but all agree. Lots of upside for both. Yeah, but lots of risk to both picks, which is why they're so far down our rankings. But like, yeah, if you're getting them at one seventy eight, yeah, you know, great bottom of the roster guys. They're great fourteenth round picks, and you know, if you can add any, like just like fantasy draft, if you can add someone who's got a floor of twenty goals with some upside at the bottom of your roster, you take it. If you have a guy that we mentioned has. But potential to score 30 this year yeah. in the 14th round, you draft the shit out of them yeah. all day. Um, now we're going to get into some real fun. Here we go, boys. The shitty goalies. Here, oh, you guys ready for this stat? It's going to be amazing. Okay, so Peter Mrazek goes to Carolina. Now, I'm going to obviously take the lead here on this one because I've been waiting to drop the stat all day. You can take the whole thing. Scott Darling was brutal last year, obviously. Um, so but like we mentioned, he will probably open the season as Carolina's number one. <laughs> Over the last two seasons, you guys ready for this? He's so excited. Over the last two seasons, the two worst qualified save percentages in the NHL belong to Peter Morazic, 901 save percentage, and Scott Darling, 903 save percentage. That is your goaltending tandem. 901 and 903, the two worst qualified save percentages. That means they had at least 50 starts over the last two seasons. The two worst in the NHL. Razik was good at one point, right? I'm not imagining this. He had a couple strong games, right? Yeah. Razik had one, like, just amazing. Right. So Darlene was the same thing. Yeah, but Darlene had a really good game. Razik like was a top five goalie in the NHL right. from October, was right after they signed Howard, right? October to December. Yeah. And then January, he was like mid 30s. Bottom five. And then they started Howard in the playoffs, and then Razik ended up taking over and almost beat the uh, Lightning single handedly. Almost. But and then the streak ended. Yeah. Damn it. Neither Damn. goalie, in my opinion, should be drafted with any sort of confidence this year. However, well, I would not even touch them. No. However, I don't. I would never draft great defense. Great blue line, like we yeah. touched on. One of the best possession teams in the NHL last year. Yeah. I think it is a situation worth monitoring. Yeah. You know, if they fall to the waiver wire, I, they've both shown flashes of being okay. And like we've yeah. always talked about on this podcast, a goalie. It's Voodoo. so random from one year to year. Yeah, it could, he could be just gone this year, and Mirage could post a nine thirty-two. Yeah, no, he won't do that actually. I could, yeah. not the full year, but good. But anyways, I, I, like, I think we have them both. We have them ranked very low. Yeah, mm-hmm. very low. as they should be, mm-hmm. as they should. But I think it is just because of how good of a team that should be again. If they get a little bit of goaltending, they're a playoff team. They do a little, but they have the two worst eight percentages in the league over the last two years. So. <laughs> Chances are, yeah. probably not. Do you have anything else to add on Scott Darling or Peter Brazen? 
I liked Scott Darling before last year. Oh, I, I was like so high on Scott Darling. Yeah. What a mistake. Great story. And I love Peter Morazic too, but as a Red Wings fan, I'm a little happy to see him go boys. because he's so little and he comes he, he comes so far out of his net and then he gets caught all the time. So like, yeah. Yeah. his angles are just... He's like Jonathan Quick, but not as athletic. Yes. Not, just not as good. Yeah. But Morazic's one of those guys <laughs> who like, he'll post like a 38 save shutout. Yeah. And then jump against but the then he'll, But then he'll allow like... Five goals on twenty-seven, like the next night. Mm-hmm. He's always like a fantasy nightmare. Oh, Jonathan Bernier. Yeah, I know Bernier's good. Speaking of Jonathan Bernier, Jonathan Bernier signs with the the Red Wings. He does. Um, <laughs> do you guys have anything to add on Bernier? I mean, uh, he, like I mean, he took Colorado on a thirteen-game winning streak last year, which yeah. was cool. There you go. That's cool. Um, and he played phenomenal, but I honestly think like for a little bit there he was possessed or something because I've never seen Jonathan Bernier at that level. He do was, you remember his like first few months with the Maple Leafs? He oh, was yeah. unreal. Yeah, yeah. And no, then, uh, Bernier to me is just like yeah. that. He's the perfect like mediocre goaltender. Yeah. Uh, I think he's like an unbelievable one B, an awesome backup. I'd yeah. be really hesitant to Absolutely give him the no reins on any value, team. Though. Yeah, Bernier. I think it's a great pickup for Detroit. I think it was unfortunate that he wasn't able to find a starting job anywhere. Um, he deserved a shot. Yeah, I would rather hear him Morazic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's an obvious upgrade to the Red Wings goaltending situation. Uh, Still he has it. tied for 21st in the NHL in qualified save percentage with a 914 over the last two seasons. So a 13-point upgrade on Peter Morazic. Um, but he carries a little bit of value because he realistically could take over. Right. Yeah. Jimmy could. Howard's job in Detroit. But... They're going to be a bottom lose. five team in the league anyway, so even if he starts 60, he's only going to win 20. It might be a bottom one team yeah. in the league. There's no way they're going to Ottawa. Ottawa. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Craig Anderson when he goes off, bro? The guy steals one games. T- one time, like, ever. That, what? No. One time, no. ever. No, yeah. tell him. It was, like, three times. It was, like, that two years with Ottawa and the year with Colorado. Yeah. Three times. I watched that dude... Three times. How like far fifty three save? How far back? The fifty three save shutout. Yeah. And Brian Boyle scored on uh, his own net. His own net. It's the greatest day of my life. Yeah. I was so tired the next day at school. It only it went until three a.m. He then, actually had three really good. Years. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Nine twenty three. Nine sixteen. Nine twenty six. Great goalie. Yeah. And then an eight ninety eight. Yeah. Voodoo. The guy gets peppered. But. The last goalie we're gonna talk about, <laughs> who also isn't very good, Cam Ward to Chicago. What do you guys think there? I like it as a backup. I mean, the guy's just been a starter in Carolina for. Forever, fifteen years. Um, so it's it's good that he's backing something up, I guess. Now it's I just think pickup. I mean, I just think Chicago's gonna be so bad, oh, especially bad. if he, oh. especially if Quinville like is oh. hesitant to play DeBrincat for any reason again. Uh, if DeBrincat spends it's half the year on the fourth line, it's not again. defensively sound. That's his issue. Oh, Guy's an offensive juggernaut. He's a winger. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Where where are all these defensively sound wingers? Yeah, these teams exactly. are talking about. They don't it's exist. I've never found they one. They play on the board. Like, yeah, literally. Like, what are you talking? When you're scored on as you a winger, and they say if you're scored on and you're sitting at your point, yeah. then that's fine. Like, you should just get <laughs> off because you were in the right spot. That's not your fault. So te- I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, your job in your own zone is to wait. You wait till the team gets the puck. Maybe you in the neutral zone. You make a play at the line. Is that what? can do I don't understand it just can't get the puck the guy had 28 goals as a what 20 year old 21 year old yeah not old that's for sure yeah and doing playing like 13 14 minutes a night um he knows how to score so yeah I kind of just think Quenville's been around too long as much as he's as a 20 year old only played 14 minutes a night 14.4 it's absurd so three hat tricks casually yeah just casual hat tricks um but Warren hasn't posted a save percentage above 909 in three years yeah but he's a bit of an interesting case. They aren't going to be good. They're going to be better than the Red Wings. And Corey Crawford's <laughs> yeah. health is still uh-huh. up in the air. So Ward could essentially be their starter. Right. But we heard 
that he's doing better. He's Crawford supposed to be feels What's like up with Anton Forsberg? Is he still there? He's who knows. He's not starting. Yeah, he's there, but he's not there. Right. Yeah. I don't think Ward's any better than Anton Forsberg. I'm not saying Anton Forsberg is good. I'm just saying Ward hasn't been good in like ten years. No, it hasn't been good in a while. Yeah, hasn't yeah. been good in quite a while. Won that he's cup had though. That experience though, like it's better than like Jeff Glass, I guess. Yeah, because that's speaking of Jeff Glass, just signed a PTO with the Flames. Nice. Jeff Glass. Yes, I, I, I hope he makes their AHL team. Or Anyways, let's stop talking about bad goalies because nobody's actually. We just shit on goalies that people aren't going to draft. So who's the who's the accountant? Where's he at? Oh, he's uh, at Scott something, right? Yeah, it's just Scott. I can't remember. He Scott, probably listens to the podcast. Sterling. Scott. I don't think it's Scott. Like it's not Scott Sterling. Uh, we're on the top twenty-four. Yeah, right. That's Scott it. Foster. Tri- is a Canadian Foster. accountant and ice hockey player. That's what Switch said. Uh, they gave him accountant second. He appeared in one game for the Chicago Blackhawks. Is a mother effing legend. Yeah. Is what his Wikipedia. But anyways, let's talk about say. the DFO top twenty-four yeah. here. Mother the world premiere. Wait, Rock googled Scott goalie, and the first link is the Scott Sterling video. <laughs> <laughs> and then Scott Foster probably Scott the side. Scott Even if you look Scott it up on Wiki, Scott Sterling <laughs> fictional. Scott Foster ice hockey. <laughs> ice hockey, real. Yeah, but uh, non-fiction. Legend. He's thirty-six. The thirty-six-year-old rec hockey goalie. <laughs> if you had to choose for your starting goalie between Scott Foster and Curtis Joseph, right now, who do you pick? Curtis Joseph. Yeah, take no question. Take Kujo for the mask. I just the only reason I thought of that is because Kujo just came Kujo, in. Kujo has to wear his old pads though. Yeah. Yeah, the mask. I'm still yeah, taking Kujo. Yeah. yeah, but the smaller pads. Do you remember when he got his five hundredth win? Do you remember that happening? It was he with the Leafs. He came in and uh, anyway. It just seemed like a similar situation because they're both beer league goalies, but they came in and won a game. So, except uh, <laughs> one was Cujo and won his 500th game, and yeah. one played his 50th minute. Yeah. And Trust yeah, me, I don't. Know. He also has the most losses of all time. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Cujo, not Scott Foster. Scott Foster's undefeated. <laughs> Legend, bro. Yeah. But anyways, DFO world premiere of the top 24. They'll also be up like later this week. So that's fun. Such a um, world premiere that I, while researching, couldn't find it on the website. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh crap! Yeah, we don't have that. Episode. This is the world premiere. So yes. number one, without question, obviously Connor McDavid. Don't even question it. Next, Nikita Kucherov. <laughs> number two, Sidney Crosby. Number three, yeah, Alex Ovechkin. I want to touch on that. I actually kind of think Ovi should be above Sid. Said it. Yeah. Mike Trout. Yeah, Mike Trout. Ovechkin. I know we did this yet the other day and agreed that uh, Sid should be ahead. He's thought about it though. Yeah. yeah. I have thought about it just with how bad left wing is, how deep center is, and, you know, Ovechkin is by far the safest bet in the league to score 40 goals this year. If. And the best bet to hit 50. Yeah, yeah. he's playing with Tom Wilson. Yeah, and he shoots 350 times a year. Yeah. Um, well, we can, we can fix the but, world premiere if we have to. I No, I think it's fine. Like, I think, it's you a little know, asterisk. Crosby will four. probably end up with more points. Yeah. Uh, but I think if I was picking in that spot, I would take Obi. That's number, all. Number five, Evgeny Malkin. Number six, Steven Stamkos. Number seven, Tyler Segan. Number eight, Say again. Brad Marchand. Number nine, Marchand. Nathan McKinnon. Number 10, Patrick Kane. Number 11, John Tavares of the Maple Leafs. Number 12, That's Jamie right. Benn. Number 13, Patrick Laine. Number 14, Austin Matthews. 15, David Pasternak. 16, Artemi Panarin. 17, Blake Wheeler. 18, Taylor Hall. 19, Vladimir Tarasenko. 20, Brett Burns. 21, Johnny Goudreau. 22, Phil Kessel. 23, Alexander Barkov. And 24, Jakob Voracek. Sneaking in there. B 
Habib, since you were not a part of the decision-making process, is there anybody, we'll start with you, that is not in that top 24 that you feel should be? I have to take a homer pick on the first one um, and just mention Miko Rantan. I mean, he was. We, if, he, if he can reduplicate what he did, he can kind of stand out as the top 20 as a top 24 um just strictly on his point production um for me though what number was carlson on there 30 i believe he was 30 so for me carlson should be in there um this is a guy at 30 yeah this is a guy who you know he's, he's eric carlson um i do realize the team that he has in front of him now but at the same time um he's he is the best he won't be playing he's the best scorer. yeah and he gets moved to Tampa. Oh my God! He becomes like number two. He but, might uh, get moved to Vancouver. Though. Yeah, I think Carlson definitely yeah. should have cracked ah, that before, though. Honestly, it was just more of the stance. Uh, the kind of the whole, we had our D ranked pretty low. Yeah, at the start. it's so hard. Like, I mean, regardless, all these guys are studs. Right. So like, every, other, every other website out there has goalies and D just so just, high. But yeah. like in our in our yeah. opinion, we think that you can wait on them. I yeah, mean, because they draft just, a really good left winger or yeah. a really good right winger because they're way thinner. Then the, obviously Eric Carlson's going to finish right. with way more points than the number fifteen. And Burns can maybe Burns and Carlson can maybe go higher. But after that, even Hedman there, there's at least like twenty defensemen. Yeah, that's where you that are going to fall in the fifty to sixty point range. So you don't like you shouldn't be. I'd rather have Roman guys. Roman Yossi at fifty than Eric Carlson yeah. at twelve. Exactly. Mm. The jump if, if you it, uh, the difference between the guy who's going to give you fifty for sure and seventy is a nice jump though. Right. Yeah, but, but, then but then if you're then looking you're at like a left winger, you're looking exactly. at a guy who's going to give you fifty five to sixty. Between a guy who can maybe give you ninety points. Yeah. Right? So so it's like whether it's all, yeah, it's exactly it's all about weighing that out. You're Brad Marshawn or, you're, and, yeah. or Jonathan Marshawn. I mean, you'll so notice there's no goalie in our top twenty four either. Yeah. Well, yeah, because well, there's no number one. You know what's funny? But you know we're doing this too. I'm just gonna say we're talking about like I don't think any of the top 23, like all the top 23 should be taken in the first two rounds. Voracek is the only one that's like okay, maybe you could work someone else in. Like Ranton, he was the only Mark Shifley, Mark Shifley, Eichel, Claude Giroux. You know, as much as I've talked about, I I don't think he'll hit 80 points this year, let alone 100. You still gotta show some respect for a guy that dropped 60 assists and 100 points last year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is funny that I think like those twenty. It's like if you're picking at the end of the second round in a twelve man league and you're stuck with Voracek, it's a pretty shitty spot. You want to hope one of those guys ahead of there uh, falls down. Um, so well, it's no, they will. Funny be, how no, but that's the thing. Way. Like we, like that's our rankings. But yeah, there's a guy whose preference is to draft it. Brett Burns or yeah. Carlson in the first yeah. round. There's going to be a guy. Team. There's going to be a guy who wants to draft a goalie in the first two rounds, and then those guys are going to draw. Yeah, and those guys are going to not win your league. No, they're they lost already. They lost. You don't win or lose, like they say you don't win or lose on draft day. But like if you do that, you do. Yeah. yeah. No, I I am of the belief you don't win on draft day, but you can definitely lose on draft. Day. For <laughs> you sure. can definitely lose. On you draft can definitely day. lose. Um, Who is the guy that you think was the, the that you really? I would say Giroux. Um yeah. The more I look at it, I think we maybe should have give Trocheck a higher look. I know we dropped him down a lot, um, but I think maybe Trocheck deserved. Uh, at least more consideration to get in. I just think like his ceiling's a little capped. Yeah, I can feel that. I, I feel that. Like Barkov's ceiling is untapped. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. Trocek might be that guy that we're, we're always going to say that though and then he's just going to keep surprising us. I Which think I'm like, fine with if he does that every year because he does keep improving. It's crazy. He was nuts that shit. For me, it's Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. And, yeah. I think Strictly like... Center. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you heard, you heard both. Another guy's just ceilings just yeah. capped though. Same but, kind of argument. Maybe. Only going but you heard both of his line mates' names in the top twenty-four. Yeah, yeah. the Marche Bergeron Pasternak trio was absolutely unstoppable last year. 
58.86 Corsi for. I mean, I, 57.45 scoring chances for. I've said this. 63.64 goals mm-hmm. for percentage at 5v5. Yeah. He ended up missing 18 games last year, but on an 82-game pace, he was on pace for a career-high 38 goals, 42 assists, 80 points. That's seven clear of his previous career high. Right, and still how many less than what Borchek put up last year? But like 20 more goals. Right, yeah. Uh, not 20 more, but... 38 versus 20. That's oh, was it 38? Oh, my bad, my bad. My on bad. pace for. My bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. On pace Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got it, I got it. Um, Voracek's in there because Voracek is a, as safe of a pick as yeah. you're going to find. He's going to go 20-60, mm-hmm. and you're fine. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't you agree he's the one, really, when you look at there, that... Like, I don't think... You can't... Barkov, Kessel, Goudreau, Burns, Tarasenko, Hall. Like, none of these guys... Like, I don't think you can even consider dropping out of those two rounds. NHL.com. As Barkov ranked 39. Yeah, that's why they come here to listen to the podcast. They go to DFO. And not... We've been... I've been riding the Barkov train for three years. Like, he's an absolute... It's a train. It's a fucking caboose. (laughs) Also, just to mention... Like, I just pulled these guys up as fast as I could. They've got Vasilevsky in the top 24. Hellebuck in the top 24. Bufflin in the top 24. Burns in the top 24. Bufflin. People are so much higher than Bufflin. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I like his goal scoring, but that guy just does not rack up the assists. Well, there's a point last year. Hits, hits. Healthy scratch. Uh, well, that was a big thing too, right? Yeah, who's shifting yeah, from who's pims shifting to hits. Yeah, pims to hits. So, Bufflin gets so a bump sweet. there, but... I hate it. Yeah. Hits is just it's like... Just so, all, it's all about... You're on the wrong side of the center. puck too. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And literally just look at what center counts extra hits from <clears throat> LA, Minnesota, and yeah. then just like grab those guys. Yeah. Because they're statisticians. Oh, hit. That's right, yeah, exactly. It's all yeah, about yeah. statisticians, what you count as a hit. Like, exactly. so you bumped a dude? Yeah, let's give Lucic three hits for yeah. that. I don't even know what the criteria is supposed to be. Is it, like, knocked him off the puck? Like, I think it should be, like, you, you obliterated the guy and fell on the ice. I, absolutely. I respect funny. that, but I... Get like two maybe big, big hit. That could be yeah, a hit. Would be like big hit should be the next fantasy step. But I think if you hit a guy and he keeps the puck, like, what? That's not... That did nothing. You did nothing to help the team. Might as well give him a poke check. Yeah, like, or you hit a guy after he passed the puck. Like, oh, you took him out of the play. You're out of the play, too. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. It's like a defensive winger. Um, B, <laughs> real quickly, which one of the guys outside the top 12, so outside of the first round, do you think can play himself into a top 12 pick? Uh, one for me was, uh, we talked about it, but uh, for me, Big Pasta, uh, David Pasternak. Yeah. He's currently ranked, I believe you got him here at 15. 15. Um, so three spots up isn't really much of a push. I just Pasternak just year after year gets better, and it's just he's an unbelievable player. I expect uh, another year of improvement from seventy six and eighty two last year. I want him over that point per game thing this year, and if he does, I think that could push him up there. Um, I don't think he's reached. His could that go? Yet. Could that go with a full season of Bergeron? Like I could, was just talking definitely about. could. Yep, definitely could. And then we uh, just threw some shade at NHL.com, but they also have Pasternak inside the top ten. So you you agree with them a little bit? Bad call. And then I had another super quick mention, and um, that was actually uh, I did I actually had Barkov, but at, this is like a maybe. This is really if he does break into what we expect. But I don't see him really taking any of those other top twelve out of there. Like yeah, it's between Barkov and John Tavares. Like. I'm yeah. Uh, well, who's the one that would really fall out of the top yeah, 12? That's what's the thing, right? Yeah. So if Pasternak goes in for me, I push. Right. Mm, I don't even want to push right. Jamie Ben. I'm hoping. So, I'm so just hoping. to remind people, the bottom, the bottom four or so are Marshan five. Marshan, McKinnon, Kane, Tavares, and Ben. In my opinion, the most likely to fall out of there is McKinnon. Uh, and I don't. I think I don't I buy. I don't up too. Like I, I put him above Sagan this year almost. 
but Segan is just there because he's like literally so consistent exactly, year in year. Yeah, we, yeah. McKinnon did it one time. Exactly. Yeah. And McKinnon and or Mc, Sagan scores a bunch of goals. And too. we just talked about how all of a sudden McKinnon like seventy points in home ice. Like that doesn't happen again this year. Yeah. He's a seventy. Point we should guy. find that out because it's actually an absurd statistic. I'm pretty sure it was sixty-seven if memory serves. Yeah. Um, for me, the, like I don't know. Okay, so Panarin and Taylor Hall. Uh, again, because left wing is so thin, and I think both those guys are pretty close to a, they're locked for seventy points, and I, I bet a lot of money on that being a point per game this year. Um, Panarin for sure, he's never like not been a point. Per I game. know he's ups- crazy man, and but like Hall, I kind of think we just respected the Hart Trophy uh, winner a little bit on these rankings. Um, but he's the same thing, man. I know. He's, remember that one time he put up like eighty two points in Edmonton, and the next year he wasn't good again, and then he got traded like. I, I, in my opinion, I'm Kessel. Draft- was Kessel is the other one I think we could have moved up a little bit, but I don't know. I wouldn't bump him into the top twelve. But we had him at twenty-two. I think he could have maybe gone a little bit higher. But it's just like you look at that ranking and you think, oh, it's low, and then you look at the guys above him and it's like, who do you move? Like, how yeah, do you bump exactly. him down? It's like, no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I think like well, maybe Goudreau, who's right ahead of him, but and Tarasenko. Actually, I, I kind of think Tarasenko. Uh, so Tarasenko is the guy I, I wanted to talk about, but yeah. I, I first wanted to quickly touch on. The obvious answers are the guy that are just outside the top twelve, like Line A and Matthews. Mm-hmm. Um, they're I would take the, Matthews. They're the two most likely candidates outside the top twelve, uh, aside from Tarasenko, to score forty this year. But both of their point totals yeah. have not really been elite to this point in their career. Oh, ter- they're, yeah. they're headed into their third year. You know, 40, 35, still not Yeah, they're bad. like 21, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> so they could be elite this year, right? Yeah. But the other guy, yeah, is Tarasenko. I think I had him at like number five last year. The only reason he dropped in the rankings for me this year is because he underwent never shoulder surgery. Well, he underwent shoulder, shoulder surgery in April. Yeah. He said actually today that he hopes to be ready for training camp. But over the last four seasons... Tarasenko ranks fourth in the NHL in goals, averaging 37 goals per season, and 12th in points, averaging 72 uh, per year. Right. His points per game is right behind Matthews and ahead of line A, so I like, obviously, his chances right. of being just as good as as those guys this year. Um, and I, I think... But I the only like, reason Tarasenko is in those categories, and there's not, like... Well, I'm not that... This isn't a knock on him at all, obviously, but it's the consistency, right? Like, he's... These are his point totals last four years. 73, 74, 75, dropped to 66 last year. Uh, but he missed time. because Right, but I just, at this point, I can't imagine him all of a sudden just taking that leap to the 90-point range, maybe a 100-point threat that all the guys above him are. The thing, the thing is... And like, some guys below him. He's like, a, he's like a lock for like high 30s, maybe 40 goals. But then he's like, got as sturdy of a floor as anyone in the league, for the sure. The assist totals aren't there. But then all of a sudden, you look at a guy like Stan Coast last year with like... What, 56 or 60 assists? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Tarasenko is playing with Shed and Schwartz, who are solid in their own right, but he's not, they're, no, they're no Kucherov. Yeah. So that's not going to happen. But there's still room, I think, for that absurd season where I would take him over some of these other guys. Honestly, I think if it came down to it on draft day, I would still consider Tarasenko over Patrick King. I, just because I've never been a huge so, Kane fan, Kane's going to be a lock for Kane like that eighty points, awesome. but he might not score the forty goals that Tarasenko does. If Tara, I think Tarasenko's big year is bigger than Kane's big. I know Kane did hundred points a couple years ago or whatever. I'm just saying, yeah. for me personally, on draft day, I think I would take Tarasenko. But I've been on the Tarasenko and Barkov train for years, and I'll have him on my team every single year I can. Yeah. And by the way, this the, the way that this uh, 
balances out, I might be able to get both of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kane was over a point a game. Uh, not last year. He had 76 and 82. But the, before that, it was one, two, three, four, five seasons in a row over a point but a game. But when Chicago is the Tarasenko best. has been over a point a game zero times. But we're zero talking, times. We're, we're talking yeah. about Cade on the best team in the NHL then. All of a sudden, they're not the best team in the NHL. Yeah, I, I get that. He's under a point per game. I get that, but Tarasenko's been on a good team his whole career, he and he's never done it. He's been awesome. Don't get me wrong. I think he's amazing. Is Kane going to score 40 this year? Uh, no, probably not. Is Tarasenko going to score 40 this year? Probably not. He's only done it once. Who would you put your money on to score 40? Well, I guess Tarasenko. Who would you put your money on to break eight points? There you go. But I'd rather have forty. Th- I'd rather have forty and thirty-five. I'd rather have thirty and fifty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good but I t- where are you getting forty and thirty-five? Then he's never done that. He did forty and thirty-four two years ago. I'm just saying, like we're talking about how he's seventy-five point guy, yeah. forty goal guy. That's like their, that's their good year. Yeah, I'm just saying Tarasenko's consistency is Kane's floor. Not goal scoring wise, but yeah, but. I'm just saying, goals are hard to come by. I get that, but when you're talking six or seven goals, I'd rather have the 20-plus points. We're, just, we're talking about guys we think can bump a guy out of the top 12. Yeah, my I guy, don't think Tarasenko's that. My guy is Tarasenko to score 40 and bump Kano, but... Yeah. To each of the Tarasenko's my guy to drop out, maybe. Of the top 24? Not to the top 24, but I think he If he's hurt still. No. It's obviously, this is all health. But we have, we have him above Burns, Goudreau, Kessel, Barkov, and I think potentially all those guys could outproduce him this year. Um, here's a real interesting question. Yeah. Since we're talking about who you'd rather draft, we're running out of time here, but if you could have, Beebs, we'll start with you, one of these three, sorry, four wingers, Panarin, Wheeler, Hall, Tarasenko. Panarin. Fantasy? Yeah, this year. Panarin. Panarin, Wheeler, Hall, Tarasenko. Wheeler. Oh, maybe Hall. I didn't hear Hall at first. Not Tarasenko. Hall, Tarasenko. Yeah, Tarasenko goes four. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I might take him before Wheeler. I don't know. Panarin is just such a god, eh? He's so good, man. Ridiculous. Yeah, he's so good. And who's he going to be on in March? That's what I really want to know, right? He's in Chicago. Yeah. He's going back. Going back for side. One more. One more. (laughs) Try it again. But anyways, um, we had a bunch of Twitter questions. We're running out of time here. So what we're going to do is we're going to probably do an episode before next Thursday. And we'll we'll open the show with those questions because they're not going to get stale between now and our next show yeah. or when the season starts. So we're going to open the show with all those Twitter questions. So if we didn't get to them today, we apologize. We'll open the show with them next week. Yeah. Next, And if week, we don't get to them, then uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and just answer on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, But we'll get to your questions. So feel free to ask. Regardless, keep sending them in. Next week, we're going to preview our centers. Uh, and then we'll go left wing, right wing, D, goalie like we have in years past. Basically, what we do, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, is we... Today, you heard the DFO Consensus Top 24. What we do on these... Is, <laughs> Less of a consensus, yeah, Is what we do... No, it is, though. What we do kind is we sense. go through our own top 10 at each position. We give our breakouts, our sleepers, our busts, and our rookies at each position. Next week will be center. And break it down for you. Yeah. We get a, you know, a ton of content. Because we always have different top 10. We always have different breakouts. Sometimes our breakouts are our other guys' busts. And it's a good time. So anyways, tune in next week. Center's preview show. Enjoy the Blue Stones. Welcome to season four. We'll see you guys here next week. Peace.
So blow a kiss and wrap me up in darkness. Make it quick before the feeling sticks and holds. I can't see no other way to come. So pick up your bags and we can start something new again. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.